So today on my podcast, Live Good, Do Good, we introduce you to one of my favorite social entrepreneurs, Servan Muzan. She is driven by supporting, connecting, and promoting women who work in social enterprises. Hi, my name is Alpa Patel. I'm your host of this podcast, Live Good, Do Good. You'll meet social entrepreneurs, bold female founders taking on some of the world's biggest problems with innovative businesses driving social impact and changing the world while doing good and living good. This podcast provides a platform for female entrepreneurs, particularly those of color and the investors who back them to share their stories with stories with the hope that we can all be inspired to bring more diversity and inclusiveness to the business world. The sad statistic is around 2% of all funding goes to female founders and 0.0006 percentage of funding goes to female founders of color in the United States. And these statistics are coming from one of the leading countries in the world. Financial independence and entrepreneurship in, is not an opportunity provided to the vast majority of women in the world. It's virtually non-existent in developing countries where it's needed the most to lift their communities out of poverty, provide economic growth, empower women, and provide a good life with decent living conditions for them and their families. I chose to focus on building this platform for social impact-driven female entrepreneurs because I felt that there needed to be a platform that showcased the incredible women doing powerful things with their businesses to bring about social change. I have a very special guest to kick off this podcast. She is a social entrepreneur, a brilliant champion of empowering women through her London-based effort, Ogunte and the Impact Women Network. Her work spans across sectors from Europe to South America, and she's proud to have led pieces of work that have directly impacted over 300,000 individuals and organizations. She's driven by supporting, connecting, and promoting women who work in social enterprises, networks, and campaigns, and contributes to making the world a better, a more equitable place. Serva's mission is to help women in social innovation to be more influential and better connected. So it is my honor to introduce you all to Serva. And um, I would love to take this opportunity to get to know you, share with our listeners um, what, what drove you to do the work that you're doing and uh, what inspires you. Wow. So we have a short time, don't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. What drives me? What drives me is if you roll back twenty years ago. And first, thank you for having me. If we go roll back um, twenty years ago, uh, uh, over twenty years ago, I was living in the Netherlands. Um, I'm, I'm French originally, and then I went to to live in the Netherlands. And uh, I had that strong urge to uh, to help, to help people help. Probably some sort of odd family history that I needed to you know, to, to solve. But anyway, my main thing in life was like, let's, let's help each other. Let's find, you know, let's support each other and mm -hmm. fix things and stuff like that. Um, and I felt that I came from a family that, that I come from a family that is very involved politically, uh, that always has an opinion and, uh, 
and they come from all the spectrum, not the extremes, but the, the spectrum, the political spectrum, some left, some right wings, you know. Mm-hmm. And they come from West France, where, where there were um, uh, workers, farmers, artists, so that kind of family makeup, a bit complex, you know, a bit of everything. And they, and uh, family dinners were always very, very um, uh, animated and, uh, and noisy. <laughs> so I grew up, you know, trying to have my voice heard and having a firm opinion about everything without knowing a lot. And uh, and then when you stand like that, and when you stand on your two feet and you are a young adult and you want to do stuff, but then suddenly you don't know what to do. You know, that would change things, but what? Uh, yeah. So people tell me, yeah, what are we going to do? And it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So um, I actually ended up, long story short, ended up in the Netherlands and started to look around what what people were doing there in, in community groups and there were rising awareness around different themes, uh, you know, and, and it was always a kind of um, um, being part of these community groups and there are, they were always attaching some other kind of things with it so raising awareness through arts or through sports or through all sorts of things it was never straightforward there's always different sector um, um, attached to each other now that suited me because I'm not someone who's like just uh, unidirectional I like systems I like when things interact and clashes and challenge each other you know mm-hmm. so that's the second thing about having first having a bit of the urge to help and to do something to contribute Second thing is uh, not being attached to a particular sector or things. I like when, you know, the variety of things. The third thing is I love to connect, to engage with people who are not um, from my own background. Mm-hmm. So there is that, that, that urge to, uh, to have diversity of, of thoughts, of um, minds um, all around. So the more complex, the better, which didn't help me to choose what I wanted to do. <laughs> okay, because mm-hmm. there was a lot, of, a lot to pick up, a lot of conversation, a lot of variety. I did, I had uh, I started to work for um, uh, corporate uh, companies like Packard Bell and Allergan uh-huh. pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. um, where I could say I learned a lot of marketing and all that kind of stuff but you know I really quickly discovered that it was not my um what do you call this my um, my favorite place to work in simply because there are commercial aspect of things was not attracting me. I didn't see the value, the social value, the social element of it. And, and very quickly I decided, well, when I grow up, <laughs> I will not work in a, in a place that doesn't, gotta make, doesn't make a social impact, whatever they say, I don't think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, they're good on them. I learned a lot from them, but so I had to move on. And so that was my, my, the, that, that kind of decision that made me um, look up that side of the world and that size uh, of conversation. What is it? What is the place where I can just act, contribute? And I, the, the one thing that changed my life is I started to play capoeira, which is a Brazilian martial art. I started in 1998, and that Brazilian martial art—it just—it just was the the sort of the illustration of what I loved the best. It was. Um, uh, a group of people expressing themselves with fight and choreography and acrobatics and songs and music and everything together mm-hmm. who were although within a sort of group they were all keeping their individuality 
It's not mm. like a team sport or rugby or football. It has nothing to do with that. It's very much an individual thing, but mm -hmm. performed in a, in a group. And that's it. Oh my God, it's phenomenal. This is phenomenal because I can express myself. I learn how to fall. I learn how to stand up again. I learn how to express. I learn to listen and observe. So it was a great learning experience. And of course, thanks to that, I learned Portuguese and I got in touch with Brazil and that, that changed my entire life. And I started to work with the Capoeira group and, and provide them with some support, support to my uh, Capoeira teacher, my master, and I helped him expand his group and helped him promote his work um, mm -hmm. you know, on media and, and, uh, and also being able to tie some community awareness work and community work with the sport and how we could we we help promote new brands we help promote new uh, social enterprise brands we help promote all sorts of uh, uh, community groups external community groups in brazil and in the in the netherlands and that was great and that was great and then from then on I moved to brazil um and um and uh, discovered then artists there who were doing a lot of social work um via their their, their notoriety they, they could spread the word and 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 um, support lots of community activism. And, uh, and I toured with them and I helped them. And one person in particular, Marcelo Yuka, um, was one of my best friends for uh, almost 20 years. And he passed away sadly two years ago. And he was an activist, journalist, drama, producer, uh, all sorts of things. And he had, uh, he sadly had an accident. Um, he was shot in a crossfire and stayed uh, wheelchair bound for the rest of his life and that was in 2000 um and so that was just the the the, the critical thing about how he was um he couldn't move around but it, it did yeah through the car to people helping move around but he, he was not as autonomous as before but it didn't prevent him from doing his work his activism and all sorts of things when when i first met him i i found in him someone who could um who, who had the same idea as me but in the right order okay right? super focused and determined mm. not particularly the best pro uh, program manager <laughs> he was just having ideas and putting people together in a group and they well let's do that and that was phenomenal so i asked him yeah the quickest mentoring session i've ever had in my life was I, I, I love what you do. This is exactly what I think, but then you are doing in a way that, yeah, that works. Uh -huh. I, was, I was very confused. Uh -huh. And he said, um, and, um, and so what do I do is just do something, just do something, whatever, do, do it, just do it. <laughs> and he wanted probably getting rid of me, but, um, but it worked because his, his advice worked. Yeah. So I started my company and then uh, I called it Ogunte back then because it's just a, a spirit that I was given at birth. And that was it. I didn't know how else to call it. Uh -huh. um, and but that was actually the the, the 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 name of that spirit was given to me by the mother of a capoeira player. Who said you are from Ogunte. Oh, so I, wow. I didn't choose it. It was there. It was given you know? to you. It was yeah, yeah. given to you. And and she's a female spirit. Just to make a long story short, yeah. again we haven't got much time. She is a female spirit, and she wakes on. She 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 protects people because she fights for them as well. Uh -huh. And, and, and there's many, many stories out there on the internet you can read about Yemanja Ogunte. Okay. So fantastic, fantastic thing. So she, she, uh, she kept me safe all these years. Thank you. And so I give that name. It was a bit, wow. it was a bit bold, but uh, 
and then I learned I learned after after that about all, all these um, uh, that that world of Condomble. Nice. So tell us um, tell us a little bit about social entrepreneurship. Like what you know, a lot of people might be listening to this, um, tuning in, my friends and family, and might be wondering what is a social enterprise. Is it? Oh my God! We're we're not going to do that one in one hour. <laughs> right. Okay, there are, that's one of the issues is there are not fixed definition around the world. There's not one definition of social enterprise. However, so you'll find that in the US and the UK and in France and in South America, etc., you will have different definition. Okay. One consensus is that, well, okay, let's take the European definition just to play with so that we're on the same wavelength. Sure. Um, uh, the European definition says that uh, social enterprise is an organization that seeks to make an impact on society and the environment, mm -hmm. but that uses uh, business processes to do it. That means that you will sell, uh, have a system of selling stuff and create a revenue, and that revenue will be uh, invested back in the community or for the generation of even more impactful activities. Yeah. Yeah. And ideally, you want people who are uh, served through that company to have also a say in how that company is run. That's the ideal bit. Not ah. everybody does that. Ideally, as well, uh, you want people who are uh, working in that company to not doing it for free because someone has to pay for something. People who do things for free need to eat and find shelter and a house, you know, having a house and and pay their bills and and, and take care of themselves when they're old, etc. All these as a you know, there's a mechanism of recycling money and or financial resources so that everybody lives a decent life. Mm -hmm. So I would argue that social enterprise is not necessarily um, a, a conduit to have a great service for free or cheap. Yes. And that's where someone, some of us, some, sometimes some of us disagree. And I think that I don't see why people working in social business, social enterprise should have a crap life. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's not serving any purpose. It's Absolutely. just perpetuate as well the issue that people who do good are underpaid, underserved, um, and, uh, and just ha harm themselves because of that. <laughs> so, um, okay. The thing yeah. is the resources are recycled, they're reinvested, there is circularity elements in, in the concept of social enterprise that you don't uh, get rich through it. The, you know, you're probably rich in, in, in uh, gratitude. Mm -hmm. However, if you make money, then you will also, because you have that mindset of social entrepreneurship, if you make money through it, you will reuse it for something that's good. Sure. Okay. Sure. That's yeah. again, that's on the books. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one interesting thing, um, my mom was talking to me the other day and she said, you know, in the Indian, um, in Indian mythology or Hindu mythology, the goddess Lakshmi represents wealth, money. And, yeah. and um, she was telling me that, you know, it, explaining to me what money means to her. And it's, it's a force. If you think about it, and yep. it made sense to me, you know, it's a, it's a force and it, it's meant to move and circulate yep. according to the Hindu mythology, goddess Lakshmi is, is a, is a force. It's, it's, a, it's gotta move. If yep. it just gets stagnant, it doesn't work. It doesn't, it does, it loses its power. I love it. I love it. So and that's, yeah. And, and it's not an end in itself, is it? It's hmm. a, it's a conduit, a force and like any force. It's neither good or bad, but it can yes. be good and it can or be bad. 
Yeah, exactly. it's like it's like impact. It can be good, it can be bad. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, so, so can you share more about your TED talk where you're comparing slime mold to becoming a smart connector? Yes, absolutely. So that's a TED talk I, I did a, a long time ago, 2012. And um, I didn't follow the, the guideline. But anyway, the sense is that slime mold are the strange being in nature that have specific uh, kind of behavior that I found totally fascinating. And I wanted to shed the spotlight, the light on, uh, actually the, the purpose was not to, uh, to make people wiser about slime mold. Some people do that very well, but I wanted to compare I wanted to compare the slime mold behavior with the one of women in social enterprise and how they were doing quite similar things to be successful. Okay, so uh, and and it it, it was just uh, fantastic to see that the slime mold has is a, a sort of creature that has a strong driver. It spent its time trying to find food. So women in social enterprise have a strong driver as well. They they want to fix something in the world uh, or in a community, and they're driven by this, and they will not let go until they've done it. Okay, uh, slime molds are, there are uh, um, beings that are, keep growing. They're, sorry, we need to do that again because I got my mail coming in. I'm so sorry. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, no okay, worries. Okay, let's do that again. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up with just one final thought and question and uh, no worries. We have, we have about eight minutes, right? It's, it's fine, it's fine. So uh, let me uh, let, uh, write, um, ask the question again. Okay. And I will do that. Yeah. Okay. So can you share with us more on your TED talk where you are comparing slime mold to becoming smart connectors? So, yeah, the thing it was, um, I was um, explaining something around uh, slime molds, which is this strange creature in nature that has a very, a very um, um, specific set of behaviors and I make them wonderful. So I'm not an expert on slime molds. So when you watch the video, you need to bear with me. There are better videos since then. But what I wanted to do is compare that behavior, a very simple set of behavior that these, that these creatures have with the behavior of women in social enterprise and compare them because they seem to be behaving the same. That was the funny thing. And uh, so I went on in my TEDx talk to talk about um, uh, how one, the, the um, slime mold have strong drivers. Uh, they spend their time trying to find some food all day, okay, to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, the, so, the women in social enterprise have got one specific purpose and they will not give up until they uh, uh, achieve that drive, that, that purpose, wherever it is, changing part of the community, mm -hmm. serving specific underserved communities, what have you. And um, the slime mode uh, is, uh, is uh, that creature that is um, that seeks stimulation all the time. It's very stimulating as well. They've got bright colors. They're absolutely fantastic. They are, and, and they creep everywhere. They are not stuck by everything. <laughs> and I think that the successful women in social enterprise will make connections. They are not afraid to get out there on the, to the fringe of their networks to um, to, uh, to, to connect and to learn new things and to feed themselves from external input. And mm -hmm. uh, in the TEDx talk, I gave specific examples of women uh, which I'm, I'm, uh, who I'm, I've worked with. That sense of connectedness is fabulous as well. That's the, the other thing that the, the slime mold, uh, um, um, the slime mold uh, performs very well. And you know that, for instance, people have been in Japan, for instance, um, studying how slime molds um, uh, choose a specific route to connect or to 
to to to to create that 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 there is sort of web. It's not a web. It's very slimy, but uh, they create root, and they just to see. By recreating obstacles that, for instance, are existing in the Japanese landscape, they could recreate that on a smaller scale, put slime mold in the middle and see which kind of most efficient route the slime mold will take. Now, I found that, um, that the women in social enterprises have got uh, the successful ones have also that art that sense of connectedness that really, really make them stand out. They know exactly which partnership is going to make them just um, uh, achieve their goal much quicker. They are not shy of asking. They've got that sense of, of generous giving. They're just not here for the taking. They give and they share and they exchange. That sense of connectedness is very, very strong. And then what you have as well is that in slime mode, there is something particularly interesting that I, I found, I found out, I read about, is that um slime mold when you put some um, i think it's salt or something that they they will not pass across it it's they're terrified probably because it dries them up and again i apologize if i'm not technically correct on the slime mold anymore because i haven't read about it for a while but anyway there is something that they don't like and they will they will go out of their way to find a, a way across some individuals in the slime mold community <laughs> show some it's anthropomorphic but i'll just still, I'm still going to go with it they show some courage and they will go above that they go through that obstacles and they learn to go through it okay wow, wow. and i'm like isn't that fun because you know if you're a successful woman in social enterprise you will go through dangerous routes as well oh, you yes. will go through obstacles and sometimes the things that are imposed upon you because of stereotypes and stuff like that um, yeah, there are some some women I know. They say there, are, for instance, there is some there is a multiple glass ceilings for women in social enterprise. So Juno Sullivan, who is one of them in in the UK, says, yeah, there's a triple glass ceiling. Uh, and uh, the first thing is that you are a woman. <laughs> Second thing is that you are a woman in business. Whoa. Yes. And uh, the third thing is that you are a woman in social business. And then there's uh, the other social entrepreneurs called Erika Brutnock. Uh, is doing great job as well. And she says, well, Adrian, there's a fourth glass ceiling is when you are a, a black woman or a woman of color in social business, not an easy feat. Not an easy feat at all. And they show a lot of courage. And mm -hmm. courage is, um, you know, it's not really recognized or acknowledged as something that we do have, right? Absolutely. And, and, the, and the last thing is, I think that, um, that, that that I found as well is that despite all these setbacks, both communities of slime mold and women in social enterprise so, uh, show a, a sheer lot of joy despite everything. So that was it, the TEDx talk. <laughs> that, that's amazing. No, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what would you say is your greatest achievement to date? What would you say if 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 I, if you could answer that with one thing and it'd be hard to answer that but um, yeah i know because if i say something now like in one hour i say oh my god <laughs> i forgot i forgot my son or i forgot the fact that i stayed alive well, let, let's ask you another <laughs> question let's ask no it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fun it's fun maybe that was the answer my greatest achievement i probably i've got uh, that's not really uh, humble to say that, but I've got little achievements. Uh, one today, uh, for instance, this week has been to drive a, a group of women 
through the process of defining their focus, women change makers, women in social businesses, women who want to change things around them. And sometimes they've got a great purpose, mm -hmm. but they haven't got that focus that keeps them achieving even more, you know, mm -hmm. and, and in a more and in a healthy way, because, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they run a lot, they run, they run, they run. But, you know, what's going to be uh, what is going to be like in 20 years when you've been running all your life and actually haven't taken time for yourself or you haven't you could do less and better maybe i don't know so yeah. my greatest achievement this week was to move that group of women through the first module of a course that i've been designing for them which is all around uh, encouraging them to uh, to look at how they can focus better yes and thank you for that because i'm a I'm very proud to say I'm one of those lucky women that stumbled Woo! upon this program. So excellent that. Um, so then finally, I'll ask my final question as we wrap up then. Um, how do you practice self-care and how do you how would you say you're living good? Ah, so I love capoeira. I love moving around and do my sport. I love learning languages. Mm. And I love and I love collage as well. I do massive collages. Wow, is that um, a collage in the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people, if it's um, a sound podcast, you won't see it, but I've got a, a quite a big room divider. Um, mm -hmm. And that I, I use collage as an, as a, I don't do much yoga, as a, I can't. I, I would love to be able to do that, but I haven't got the patience. So I don't know, <laughs> I mean, the maturity, that will come maybe. But what I do to, to meditate and to rest is that I, I use a lot of collage arts. Mm -hmm. And this piece behind me is a sort of quite voluminous uh, room divider. And I spent a whole afternoon for just one There's the other side as well. So one side was all about uh, paying a tribute to my friend, my best friend who died two years ago. And I, I used that time to think and just tear up pages and, and, and words and uh, think about him. And that was actually um, interesting because I needed to have that time with myself um reflecting on on the adventure uh that we went on for almost 20 years and and the gift is given me by one day just starting by saying just do it so sarab i'd love for you to share with our listeners um if they're thinking about going into social entrepreneurship but they have a business idea they're going down the path of social enterprises um how do you work with them how do you help them um, and then how can they learn more about you? Where, they, where can they reach you? Okay, so the first question is um, um, I help uh, women who are uh, already on their path, but if they stumble onto my Facebook page or um, my social media accounts, just Google my name and they'll find me straight away. Um, but I will probably uh, encourage them to look at who is there around them in their vicinity, in their community, uh, and that works already on social entrepreneurship. And then later on, uh, when they've already formalized a little bit about their idea and they've done necessary homework, then I'll take them on a journey to, uh, to, to connect them with other social entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurs around the world that would be a great opportunity for them to, to chat with. So, um, yeah, so I think it's, um, yeah, just use my name and Google it, you'll find me straight away. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Sirva, for joining me today on my first podcast. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure having you and getting to know you. And I'm looking forward to going on this journey with you personally. Yeah. And um, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Wonderful, Alpa.
Thank you guys for tuning in today. And if you enjoyed the show, follow us on our socials on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you.